Hi there, Sean here. Before we get into this week's episode, a very quick thank you for listening to The Expansive. Please consider subscribing to the show if you haven't done so already. Simply hit the follow button inside the player you're currently listening on. Doesn't cost you anything, and it's guaranteed to make us smile, which makes your opposable thumbs pretty powerful, if you ask me. If you happen to be listening on Spotify, go ahead and scroll down to the Q&A section and let us know what you thought of the episode. You can also engage with us on LinkedIn, Instagram, and TikTok. Simply search for The Expansive Podcast and follow along. You can also watch this episode on our YouTube channel. All of the links can be found in the show notes. You're about to listen to episode 174 of The Expansive Podcast, hosted by Eric Kruger and John Sonnet. Hi, and welcome to the Expansive Podcast, where we explore the frontiers of personal growth, business innovation, and technology. We believe that growth and progress comes from expanding our minds, exploring new possibilities, and embracing change. I forgot to say that we are also an award-nominated podcast. <laughs> do, you have, do you have to keep saying award-nominated? It's getting tired now. People listening will be like, still nominated? Well, well, and look, if we lose, we'll just say nominated forever. <laughs> Someone is listening to this pod today for the first time when they're going, yeah. wow, this is an award wow, nominated they nominated. Pod. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as always, uh, my name is Eric and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Mr. John Sane. John, you are in Qatar today. I am in Qatar. I've just finished giving a talk for the government this morning. It went really well. What wonderful, warm people uh, they are here. Really so friendly. So I've just been just... I don't know. I've been enthralled by the hospitality and the warmth of the people. And so Qatar is so optimistic, just very similar to Saudi, actually. There's a huge optimism in the air. There's such a bright future ahead. They, you know, they're really engaging with the world uh, in very open arms. And so it's been fantastic to be here. I'm on my way at an airport in the next hour and then back to Cape Town. I've got a gig there on Friday. But what's, always, the, yeah. what's the weather like there? Because uh, your hair looks quite frizzy to me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so for everybody off air, <laughs> off air, yeah, I was complaining to Eric that every time I go to a new city, my hair changes. Now, for the ladies out there, you'll share this with me because your hair changes personality in dry weather and moist weather and whatever, uh, humid weather. So my hair is fine, Eric. Thank you so much for asking. Uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It's looking good. Today, we are continu continuing our conversation and our interview with ChatGPT. So uh, we, in our previous episode, we uh, went to ChatGPT and we asked it for, well, essentially to interview us uh, based on its best knowledge of the pod. And so it gave us five questions. We got through some of them in the previous round and people really enjoyed it. So, and I think it's because it's a bit more personal, you know, it's not just about the things we know, but about our experiences that we've had. So today we are going to continue with about two or three more questions from ChatGPT. And just just off the so, cuff, just off the cuff, I have no idea what these questions are. I've come in blind. So don't yeah. blindside me, Eric. Well, here we go. Let's see how blindsided <laughs> you are. Personal development often involves setting and achieving goals. Can you describe a personal or professional goal you recently set for yourselves and how are you working towards achieving it? So you want to kick us off? So a personal or a professional, or shall I do both? I guess. Yeah. I'm going to do both. Uh I'll go both. It says all. I'm, I'm going to go and. Go it's my it's my podcast. Cool. Thanks for coming to it, Eric. It's wonderful <laughs> to have you here. <laughs> uh, 
Um, I think personal, personal development uh, obviously has been very, very high on my agenda since I went bankrupt um, back when I was 30 years old. I, I, I found myself unhappy when I had no money um, and I was unhappy when I had lots of money because I just wanted a bit more. And then I, had, I was unhappy when I had no money again. So that really kicked it off. But I think personal development is really not about a goal. It's much more about a system. It's how much more seamless and untriggered can my life be? That's kind of what I'm always aiming at is how do I find more peace and more calming of the heart and clarity in my mind? And what has always gotten me there over the last few years is meditation and becoming an advanced meditator, which Dr. Joe explains is meditating more than three or four hours a week, which I do, um, has been an unbelievable gradual process to finding myself naturally and calmly committing to a two-hour meditation like not even flinching on it and being quite happy to sit there with it. And when I fly, and you know this, is when I fly, I meditate for hours because I'm just playing with it because I really don't have anywhere to be. And that's been an incredible, and it's funny because I don't think I've ever spoken about it or even put it to words, but it's been an incredible realization of my fitness with the ability to be still. And mm. that is such a Love that. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know I, I wanted to even do it, and now I'm doing it. I'm like, wow, I can do this. This is not something I thought I would because I'm so high energy. But there I am. I can also sit there for for a couple hours and and just be quiet, you know. And and that's been a really really great thing. So, on a personal development, it's about finding more stillness and doing what I need to. Family constellation also a very big one for me. Lots of therapy. I, I mean, I have many coaches. We've spoken about that as well. And then the professional one, and I think the one that comes to mind for me is, is having a A-list uh, speaking bureau in America to represent me. And the speaking bureau world in America is massive. The speaking industry is worth $4 billion. And to have a top-notch agency not only represent me, but having a fantastic relationship with them, which I do with the ladies there, Keris and Gail and everybody at GDA Speakers, that's been such a win for me, you know, having, having somebody in my corner proud to be working with me in a faraway land, going out the way, promising on my behalf that I'll deliver. It's just been a, it's, again, I don't think I've actually even put this to words. Um, it's just been such an a, awakening to the potential of what is available there and, and, and having them in my corner has been a really, really beautiful thing. So yeah, those are my two. Mm. Mm. Cool. I love it. Uh, yeah. So on my side, I'll also go personal um, and then professional. So I must say, actually, you know, it's meditation is a strange thing once you get into it because there's this initial period where you really struggle to meditate. And, you know, you'll hear all the things that we've spoken about before. You know, I'm, my mind is too busy. I'm too that. I like, I can't focus. And then once you persevere through that, you get to the state where you realize that when you go without meditation, it almost feels like you're kind of out of sorts. And this morning, so uh, Danica is away at the moment. She's in Germany visiting her family. So it's just me and the two pups at home. And I was lying in bed and I, I never do my meditations in bed, but I was in bed. I was up early and both the pups jumped onto the bed. Like they were both resting their heads, like, you know, on my chest. And I was meditating. I was like, this is bliss. Mm. You know, it's like, I could feel the pressure from their heads on my wow. chest. I was busy wow. with like uh, dispenser meditation. I was like, oh man. So, um, and I actually beautiful. did for the first time, I did two meditations in one go. I did the first one, which is that changing boxes one. Mm. And then after I was done, I was like, I feel like I still need to go a bit more. And I did the generating flow one. 
So it's interesting how your relationship with meditation changes over time as you persevere with it and as you start seeing the effects that it has in your life. So, it's so uh, you know, yeah, it's, such a, it's, it's such a, it's almost like an antithesis or an, it's like, I don't know, what do you call it? An oxymoron. I don't know what these, I wasn't good at school. Um, but you, 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 you <laughs> see, you ambitious to find stillness. Mm. It's such a, it's like what you, you're rushing something, not that you're rushing, but you are kind of like, I'm ambitious in wanting to meditate. And then when I get there, I'm like, oh, I'm just meditating to be still. Okay, that's, that's exactly what I'm looking for. I also read something amazing the other day. It said, the point of meditation is not to meditate more and more. It's to find yourself in a life that doesn't need meditation. And sure. I thought, wow, okay, yeah. I'm not the, quite there mm. yet. I'm still aiming at longer because that blissful state is just fantastic. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. I'm, I'm so glad that you're on the mission and my pleasure. Mm. Also my pleasure. Anyway, anyway <laughs> let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. <laughs> so, uh, so my personal goal actually outside of that is just to create a contained time to work on my mind because what I've also realized, and you know, I spoke about thinking in glances quite a bit at some point, which is just this idea that we feel like we are always in the process of developing ourselves because we are confronted with content about personal development. And so you go through your day, you, you go through a few TikToks, you go through Instagram, you see a few memes. And as you read those things, you feel like there's a bit of a dopamine hit because you feel like, oh, like I'm learning something. But actually, when you go back a few days later, you realize <laughs> that you've not internalized that <laughs> message at all. You at know? all yeah. it's, it's completely gone out the window. Yeah. And so I've just been trying to be very mindful in creating a container for me to sit down and read, like actually sit down and read a book properly and summarize that. I'm creating content maps, actually. So like I'm sitting down, I'm reading it slowly, I'm putting it onto summarizing it as I go. And I feel what that has been doing for me is slowing me down, making me read a bit deeper and making me reflect more on what I am reading. And so it's it's boosting my knowledge, but it's doing so in a very uh, methodical way. So that's been a personal goal of mine. I love yeah. it. You know, it's like embodying the knowledge rather than mm. just being knowledge. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, embodiment of it is is such an important thing because your body has this intelligence of finding habits and pattern repetition and pattern recognition and by us embodying it is just a it's a i think it's essential almost you know mm. Um, mm. acting it out in many ways so uh, so that's personal goal professional goal i've actually recently so you know one thing that i've always had a bit of a knack for is writing a daily email sitting down writing something very concise and getting it out into the world and for a long time, I wrote Better Man, which was going out to 18,000 men. Recently, I've decided to write a new one called The Daily Leader. And so the goal for me around that has been, so Better Man at its height, 18,000 daily readers. Uh, the goal for me with uh, The Daily Leader is to get to that same volume over time, but to within the year be ending on about 1,500 to 2,000 daily readers. So not just people on the list, but people who are actively reading it every single day. And it's been fascinating getting back into it. Like immediately, um, you know, I've, I've been in, in flow. I think that's been a big part of it because you have this responsibility that every day you know I'm going to have to put something out and people are waiting for it. Uh, but more than that, I've already started receiving so many testimonials and people saying how much it's uh, impacting them every single day. And that was always something I loved the most about writing the daily email was that it wasn't just sending out an email, it was actually two-way communication. Mm. Yeah, and, and I remember some days, reflecting now, it's actually crazy, that 
I would send out an email because I was still doing physio at the time. And I'd still, I'd send out the email at seven o'clock in the morning, every morning. By the time I got to my practice, you know, at about eight o'clock, I would literally have like three, 400 replies in my inbox. Wow. Um, if I asked, yeah, if I said like, if it was a specific sort of reply to this thing today kind of thing. And, uh, and I'm starting to see that same level of engagement with leaders and wow. people asking me to refer it on. Love it. So yeah, so that's been amazing. So that's my, my professional goal uh, that I'm really focused on at the moment. That's brilliant. All right. I so love that. Okay. That wraps number one. Question number two. In your interactions with diverse individuals and leaders worldwide, is there a particular story or encounter that stands out as especially inspiring or transformative? How did it impact your own perspective? Oh, I've got one. I know exactly. Go for it. Uh, big ups to Michael Ten Hope. And Michael Ten Hope, what a mensch. Uh, just a fantastic leader, fantastic man. I just uh, always want to just hug him. You know, he's such a good guy. And he owned a very big business in the multiple... I think maybe multiple billions, but definitely a billion. And one of the businesses he had hired me to come and do strategy sessions. I didn't know who he was. The CEO of that specific company and I were friends. We started chatting. They realized they needed some help. They brought me in. And Michael Ten Hope arrives at the meeting. And I meet with him very, very low key. You know, he's not like this big chairman of a business, right? Very calm, relaxed. He comes onto the boardroom table and he sits in the middle, not at the head, in the middle of the table. So I said to him, I was like, Michael, you're not sitting at the head of the table. He's like, I avoid them at all costs. And it was such a drastic difference because at the same time, I'd, I had another client and that client, the CEO, would sit on the end of the table with his hands over his head like this and rock his chair backwards like the gorilla of the office. And Michael was very calm, very quiet, would sit in the middle of the table and would not speak until everybody had spoken and he would summarize everybody's ideas and then give it a slight direction. So everybody mm. felt heard. He didn't bolster anybody. He didn't bully anybody. He didn't push his agenda. He summarized the room's agenda and then gave it his slight sort of like, and I just thought to myself, wow, like, I, I was like, wow, this was many years ago. It was maybe, I don't know, seven years ago. So I was like, wow, I've never seen a leader like this, you know? So he taught me soft power. You know, I think very similar to what Barack Obama showed me. The first time I saw Barack Obama speaking, I thought to myself, oh my God, there's a guy here that is able to really get the world to like open up the world in a calm manner. Calm, like very relaxed. In fact, Trevor Noah, when he did a skit on Barack Obama, he didn't know if he was going to speak again or not. He's like, uh. and then we're, <laughs> we're gonna, uh, like he's so calm. <laughs> and Michael Tenup was exactly the same. So Michael Tenup, if you or your wife, Cherie, are listening, big up to you, my man. I have always been a fan since you've did that. Uh, a great story. Um, I, I was watching Jocko Willink. He has a new masterclass out and I just saw the trailer for it. And he said the, the three most important things for a leader to have is humility, humility, and humility. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so I think that, that pairs well. Um, yeah. My story is, is slightly different. 
And I actually made a video about it today and, and that's maybe, it's just top of mind for me. Mm, you know, mm. this year I've been talking a lot about teamwork and there's a, a paper that I read that spoke about the criticality of teamwork, which I, I like. And when I just graduated, I was obviously, I graduated as a physiotherapist and I spent most of my initial few years working in intensive care units um, across different hospitals. And so obviously what happens is over the time, I've treated thousands of, of patients and there are always a few that stand out for you. And one lady that stands out, uh, I, I remember coming to her bed that morning. And obviously in ICU, the charts are always on the outside and the patient's on the inside. So I come up to her, to her room, um, I go to the chart, and on the chart, it just says multiple GSW. You know what that stands for? No. Multiple gunshot wounds. Oh, wow. So, Yeah. So like, you kind of know what, like what you're in for, but, um, I go into the room, uh, she's intubated, she's out of it. She like machines going off. I speak to the nurse and she tells me what happened was that, uh, the previous day, this lady came home from work on the day, just like any other day. And as she pulled into a garage, three guys slipped in underneath in an attempt to hijack her mm. and they didn't get to take the car. But what they did manage to do was to shoot her four times. And three of those bullets went into her chest. One went into her jaw. So by the time I arrived at her bedside, her, you know, she'd been into surgery. They'd stabilized her. Uh, but they also, it was the first time that I saw it, but they had sewn her jaw shut. Uh, so, you know, it's the same, like if you break an arm, you need to immobilize it. The bullet fractured her jaw, so they needed to immobilize that too. Mm. Mm. And we couldn't even touch her that day because she was so unstable. You know, her, she had arrhythmias, her blood pressure was up and down. And so I remember her so vividly still today. The upside of the story is that 12 weeks later, she walked out of that hospital. She was smiling. She had her friends wow. and her family with her. She wow. had been given a second lease on life, you know? Wow. And what got her to that point wasn't just one person or one discipline. It was the fact that we had all of these specialists and experts come together as a team to get her to the other side. So mm. the surgeons stabilized her. The nurses looked after her 24-7, mm. making sure she had her medication and her vitals mm. were checked and all those things. The physios mobilized her. The occupational therapist made sure that she could get to her activities of daily living. The dietitian made sure that she was well-nourished so she could heal. The psychologists were helping her to process her trauma. And so you have this team that comes together to get her to the other side. But yet, when you look at the way that we were trained as healthcare professionals, there was no training around collaboration or what it means to be part of a team at all. Wow. Wow. Yeah, zero. And, and what's interesting to me today, obviously, sitting in, in this seat where I'm, I'm working with leaders all the time, is that when you look at the research, most of the, or not in most, a lot of the research that happens around teamwork happens in a healthcare setting. Why? Mm. Because in this instance, it worked. You know, we got it to the other side. Mm. But there are many, 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 many stories about teamwork that fails and then people die, you know? But so fast forward a bit and I'm, I'm out of healthcare. I do my master's. I get involved into business. And as I enter the business space, I think, surely businesses have this figured out because mm. business is a team sport. And of course, they don't, not even close. 
And the, the realization for me is that there are always stakes attached to this. Like we have to get teamwork right because in healthcare, the stakes are that people might die. Like you might lose a life. But in the business setting, there are also stakes. And that stakes or the stakes are that you could lose livelihoods because if a team doesn't perform, a business doesn't do well. And a business that doesn't do well can't support the people inside of the business. Absolutely. And so there are, there are real stakes attached to this, but we, we don't spend enough time thinking about how do we train people to be good in a team. Collaboration, yes. Yeah, exactly. We expect them just to kind of figure it out. Yeah. And they did that yeah. in the healthcare setting with us. We do this in businesses. And so when I think back to the story of this lady, you know, she, she demonstrates for me the importance of getting this kind of stuff right. And I can think of other instances in, in businesses as well, but she, I, I guess I was recently reflecting a lot on that and it made me just become so much more aware of the impact that leaders have and that teams have and the responsibility that we have to get this right. Love it. So that great is that's my story. Great. Okay. Great. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Last, last one. Uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll give ChatGPT a bit of a break from interviewing us. So okay. last one, outside of your professional endeavors, what are some of your personal passions or hobbies that bring you joy and fulfillment? How do you find time to pursue these interests amidst your busy schedules? The number one thing that you and I share in our favorite pastimes is taking dogs for walks. There's nothing. Yes. It makes me feel emotional, <laughs> to be honest. Bro, let me tell you, to this day, and I left Cape Town years ago, to this day, I still get a hotel that's close to Bean so I can go get Bean to go for a walk. That is my priority. Mm. It's the weirdest thing. It's like I crave her energy next to me. And when we're walking on the prom, we just have this amazing energetic connection. And I do it constantly, as often as I can. And uh, it's actually made her dad and I very good friends because of this relationship I have with her. So for me, I think the first thing is walking. I just, I don't know, as I'm getting older, I just crave walking. And if I'm in a place that I can't walk, it frustrates me. And so I try and walk a lot every day and then obviously listen to pods or whatever it is. It's my learning space. But to walk with a dog, it's one of the many gifts of life that many people don't realize that we have these angels and fur sure. that are able to- Land angels, yeah. Land angels, man. They're yeah. able to re recalibrate our hearts, recalibrate our energy, Oh, man, they're just the best things in the world. So for me, walking, number one. Number two, walking with a dog. And look, after I do a very long walk with a dog and I go, that's it, man. I'm, that was that was it. That was it. I won. I won at that game. What are yours? Yeah, so obviously I, I agree with you on that. Uh, yeah, and, and my my two, like, they they pester me, hey? Like, they, they, like their, their time is so set by now that when it's, 11-ish, you know, they, they become a little bit restless. Restless. And, yeah. and by 12 o'clock, like they're shouting at me that it's time to go. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, 12 to 1 in my, in my diary is blocked out. You can't book anything into that. Uh, the only exception is when we sometimes have to record a pod maybe, but like that also doesn't happen all that often. So that time for me is sacred that I get to go out with them. It's good for my soul just to be out in nature because we get to walk in the Helderberg. But also just to spend time with them in that way is great. Um, outside of that, what else do I do? Uh, other hobbies for me, paddle, obviously. I play a lot. I didn't even tell you this. Uh, we went to play a competition where I came second. So 
just to to prove my pedal uh, right, prow- right, right. prowess to you. Wait, 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 wait. How many people? How many people in the competition? Two. Yeah, two. Yeah. Two. <laughs> no, they were like they were like sixteen people. And and was it and a we, girls? Was it a girls competition or was it a guys? Co- <laughs> it was actually an advanced men's americano. That's so amazing. I'll, I'll just, where yeah. where and was we, it? At the blind school? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, just sure. kidding. No more, so no more. I'm, you, stopping. You can, I'm stopping, I'm stopping. You can stopping. keep going. Yes. <laughs> wow. The, That's so bright. The levels, I'm, I'm very impressed. I'm impressed. <laughs> okay, so. Look, like I, I must tell you, this is what, what uh, sports does to men though. Yes. Like, I haven't played. I haven't played a paddle game and not been tripped. Yes, so, like, yes. It, this is just part of What's what happens. What's wrong with us? Why do we do this? <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I don't chirp either until this comes up and I start chirping. I don't know why. I don't know why. Anyway, yeah, you came second. That's amazing. Yeah, we, okay, okay. Is that with uh, Yaku? With Yaku, your no, it was actually this was actually an individual one oh. where you just switch and then they they tell you your scores. But but we're playing a a mixed one on Thursday. Um, I've been getting everyone into paddle, and one of my clients who joined paddle snapped his Achilles. Oi. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then one other thing that people won't know about me is that I collect knives. That's another hobby that I have. Bro, that's so funny. I didn't know that because you gave me a knife for your wedding. Really? I've still got your knife, yeah. bro. I've still got it. It's in my. Oh, good. It's in my. Thank you. I mean, I can't travel it, it with it. It was a wedding gift. I know. It's 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 in my box in Cape Town. I can't, I'm not getting rid of it. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I didn't know you. Yeah, I have a bit of an obsession oh, with knives. Oh, yeah. Mm. Okay. Wow. Yeah, it's a, a bit of a weakness. If I like, if my impulse purchases often go to knives, so that is so. But I've also become better with the impulse. Purchases. Yeah, I mean, because your wife uh, pulled that leash on you, bro. That's what happened. You had well, a ch- you had a family well, chat. No. That's what happened. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> you see, let, listen to this. You see what that was? That was my hand being slapped at your wife with Eric, stop spending our money. <laughs> Eric, you can't pay the bills with your TikTok videos. That's so funny. You're spending our money. <laughs> okay. All right. I think that's the pod. Uh, a disaster. Everyone. A disaster. We're going we're gonna to end on a low. We're going to keep it on a low. Keep it on a low. Uh, everyone, thank you so much for for joining us as always. Uh, it is always such a pleasure to have you listen in to the conversation and to be a part of it. If you wanted to leave a review, then we always appreciate you heading over to iTunes to leave us a review on the pod. Uh, but also let us know what you think of it. We we love taking recommendations, hearing about your suggestions. Uh, you can reach us uh, pretty much everywhere on socials, either John uh, or myself or The Expansive. We are on TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, you'll Look, find I, I think another way, another way of saying what Eric is saying is we're 180 episodes in. We don't know what else to talk about. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so we took we took it we took an initial strategy of not having guests on our podcast. And we were like, and it works because it's a great banter. But you know, three years in, 180 <laughs> episodes, like it's like an old married couple. You're like, okay, Eric, what like what are you gonna talk about today? Like, what's the deal today? <laughs> so we're actually quite literally looking for ideas. You know, if you think you want to be interviewed on the pod, let us know why. If you think we should interview somebody, tell us why and who they are. If you think there's a topic that we haven't spoken about or is a topic that we wanna expand on, please tell us because 
it will be a wonderful community sort of subject or topics that we can put together that we can all unpack and research and, and just learn together. And so, you know, it's, it's really just about asking you to jump in and help us make it even more entertaining for you. Um, we really do love it that everybody's listening. And, you know, again, I had um, a friend from Dubai message me and say, you know, my husband and I listened to your pod. And I'm like, no way. I, I had no idea. So, Nasli, Nasli, what's up, man? Uh, I look forward to seeing you. She owns a business called Six Pack, Six Pack Revolution, I think. So, a little bit of a punt for her and a hubby. Um, so, yeah, and they listened to the pod. I was like, wow, how strange. You know, it's like such a, always, always delightful. So, yeah. Give us some topics and we'd love to unpack them for you. If you think this uh, podcast will help somebody, please do share it with them. And until next week, ciao.